Monday, March the 15th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, protesters shot in Myanmar and London's police manhandles mourners. First, the world in brief. Myanmar security forces killed at least 18 protesters on Sunday. At least 14 of those were killed in Leng Thaya, a poor industrial suburb of Yangon, Myanmar's main city. More than 100 protesters have now been killed and over 2,100 arrested since demonstrations against the coup which overthrew the country's democratically elected government on February 1st began. The Commissioner of London's Metropolitan Police, Cressida Dick, refused to resign and defended the policing of a peaceful vigil for Sarah Everard, which involved male officers using physical force against female protesters. The authorities had banned the gathering on the basis that it breached COVID-19 rules. A Met police officer was arrested last week on suspicion of murdering Miss Everard as she walked home. Singapore announced that it is in discussions with Australia to open a travel bubble, perhaps in July, allowing vaccinated people to move between the countries without the need to quarantine. Both countries have effectively suppressed COVID-19. Last year, Singapore agreed a similar arrangement with Hong Kong, only to see the plan scuppered by a resurgence of the virus in the Chinese territory. Italy's centre-left Democratic Party elected Enrico Letta, the country's Prime Minister between 2013 and 2014, as its new leader. Mr Letta's unlikely comeback, he had been ousted as Prime Minister in an internal party coup, comes as the party embraces a more centrist identity within Mario Draghi's new government coalition. On the eve of Volkswagen Group's Power Day, Handelsblatt reported that the German carmaker plans to cut 5,000 jobs by offering partial or early retirement to its workers. Topping up their pensions could cost up to 500 million euros, 598 million dollars, but the company hopes the move will contribute towards its target of cutting overheads by 5% and procurement costs by 7% over the next two years. Sri Lanka's Minister of Public Security said he expected a ban on wearing burqas to be signed into law imminently. Surathwea Sakara said the move was aimed at improving national security and that the garment was a symbol of religious extremism. Sri Lanka imposed a temporary burqa ban following a wave of suicide bombings on Easter Sunday in 2019. And people in the Central African Republic voted in the second round of the country's legislative elections. The first round, held in December, had been marred by rebels who had attempted to blockade the capital and extra security was deployed for the second round. President Fuston Orkonj Dudara's United Hearts Movement Party is expected to retain its majority in the National Assembly. And now, here's today's agenda. A prescription for success? Walgreens Boots Alliance's new boss. Today, Rosalind Brewer will become the Fortune 500's only black female chief executive when she takes the helm of Walgreens Boots Alliance, a pharmacy group. The second half of the tenure of her predecessor, Stefano Piscina, was particularly rocky for the firm's share price, which has sunk by nearly 30% since early 2018, compared with growth of about 50% for the broader American stock market. Investors have been dissatisfied with the firm's response to stiffening competition. CVS, its main rival, has vertically integrated to fashion itself into more of a healthcare provider. Amazon's online pharmacy has presented a challenge to Walgreens' retail business. The company's British division, Boots, has been squeezed by a series of severe COVID-19 lockdowns. Miss Brewer, a chemistry graduate, will face the challenge armed with a sterling CV, executive experience at Starbucks, a coffee giant, and Walmart, America's biggest bricks and mortar retailer, as well as a seat on Amazon's board. 
Who Guards the Guardians? Police and Women Today is the International Day Against Police Brutality. As it dawns, a venerable police force faces an inquiry over a shocking piece of violence. An officer of London's Metropolitan Police was arrested last week on suspicion of murdering Sarah Everard, a 33-year-old woman, as she walked home on March 3rd. Just three days before her disappearance, he had been the subject of a complaint for indecent exposure. This weekend, Met officers forcefully broke up a peaceful vigil being held for Miss Everard because, they said, it contravened social distancing rules. Some senior politicians have called for the head of the force, Cressida Dick, to resign. A great deal of media attention has focused on racist violence by police officers, less on allegations of violence against women, including coerced sex and rape. A report in The Independent in 2019 found that 562 Met Police officers had been accused of sexual assault over six years. The vast majority went unsanctioned. Perversion of Justice Myanmar's Generals v. The Lady Today, Aung San Suu Kyi appears at a court hearing in Naypyidaw, Myanmar's capital. The country's de facto leader until the army toppled her democratically elected government on February 1st, she has been charged with several crimes, the most serious among them that she accepted bribes of gold and $600,000 while running the government, an accusation that her lawyer calls a most hilarious joke. The charges seem designed to bar Miss Suu Kyi from politics. The junta has promised to hold an election after the year-long state of emergency it declared after its coup in February ends. Should the poll proceed, it is unlikely that Miss Suu Kyi or her party, in its current form, will be allowed to participate. Miss Suu Kyi is much too popular for the general's liking. She won an election in November by a landslide. Thousands of protesters calling for her release, she is currently under house arrest, have marched almost every day since the coup. A Pyrrhic Victory Serious Civil War Bashar al-Assad's supporters originally presented it as a choice, Assad or we burn the country. In the end, Syrians got both. Today marks 10 years since the Day of Rage that saw the first anti-government protests in Damascus, the country's capital. The regime quelled them by force, the start of an uprising that would become a civil war. In a narrow sense, Mr Assad won, he remains in power. But outside the walls of the presidential palace, his dominion is in ruins. For most Syrians in regime-held areas, life is an endless series of queues for petrol and bread. The currency has lost 99% of its pre-war value. Parts of Syria remain outside Mr Assad's grasp, controlled by Islamist rebels or by Kurds. Many of the 6 million Syrian refugees despair of ever returning home. The president, as ever, seems oblivious. A sham election meant to occur this summer will grant him another term as ruler of the ruins. Fully charged. VW's Power Day. Herbert Dies, the boss of Volkswagen Group, continues his effort to transform Europe's biggest car maker into a leader in green technology. Today's much advertised Power Day, streamed from the company's headquarters in Wolfsburg, Germany, seems to be modelled on the battery day of Tesla, VW's biggest rival in electric vehicles. VW, the group's biggest brand, has already previewed a number of future electric cars, such as Project Trinity a saloon car to be built in Wolfsburg from 2026. Mr Dies wants 70% of the marks offering in Europe to be battery-powered by 2030. The group has said it will not preview any new car models today. Instead, it will unveil breakthroughs in battery technology. It is working with QuantumScape, a Californian firm, to build a new generation of solid-state batteries, which it hopes will be ready for mass production by 2024. 
Whether those batteries will help VW keep up with Tesla, another Californian firm, remains to be seen. Finally, here's the quote of the day from William Shakespeare, who passed away on April 23rd, 1616. Beware the Ides of March. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.